What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 47. We're joined today by the founder and COO of 40 Tons Brand, Anthony Allegretti. 40 Tons Brand was started by Anthony and L'Oreal, his wife, after experiencing the prison system in and around cannabis firsthand. They started 40 Tons to give a voice to the voiceless men and women in prison. Nobody should be in prison over a plant that many consume and profit from legally. Get involved and check out their apparel line and many other programs to help fight for restorative justice, reduce sentencing, and rehabilitation for cannabis prisoners. Find out more at 40tons.co. That's 40tons.co. And enjoy the show. Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, brother. Hey, for sure, for sure. It was great to to see the booth at BizCon as we were discussing and kind of see the letter writing program and really the impact 40 Tons is trying to make. Man, we're just trying, man. We're just a small but mighty team of people that believe nobody should be in prison for cannabis. Uh, my partner had a life sentence over the plant. I served over the plant. L'Oreal represents the mothers, daughters, wives of those who have served um, because when we go to jail, it's not just us that do the time. It's usually the girlfriend or the wife or the mother or the sister or the daughter. And so, um, you know, we wanted to cover it from all angles. And it was really great to get to see all of our work kind of culminate um, at MJ BizCon and having that really cool. Is that the biggest display you guys have done so far, the biggest presence? Yeah, it was the biggest one. I mean, we've okay, done the sweet. cell before. Um, MJ Unpacked uh, was the first ones that, that did it for us, and it was really awesome, but the footprint was not as big as what the one at MJ Biz was, right? They gave us a huge lounge also amongst uh, a conference that has, you know, 20,000 people, whereas the other one only had, you know, 1,500 people or 2,000 people. It's The conference is just on another scale. For those who haven't been to BizCon, it's pretty much the annual gathering of the cannabis industry, and... Uh, you definitely get a glimpse for what's going on and learn about all kinds of new projects in there too. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, L'Oreal, your wife uh, is also a co-founder of 40 tons brand. Um, yes. C- could we rewind the clock a little bit and, and hear the story and kind of learn maybe how the idea came up there and, and kind of what you guys went through before starting the company? Sure. So, um, Corvain was serving a life sentence and we had no idea what was going to happen. We didn't know how he was going to get out. Um, The only way that he can get out is if the president of the United States lets him out. Um, He had exhausted all of his appeals uh, and it was pretty much dead, you know what I mean, in terms of being able to get any traction. And so the only way was with the president. Um, And as you know, presidents only usually release people on clemencies in their last week of office many times in their last day. So uh, L'Oreal and I, um, we founded the organization, um, the business, when Corvain was still locked up, about a year before he got out. 
Um, and so we started the brand just so that we can bring awareness to him. And at the time, Clubhouse was really big. And so because of timing and because I was on Clubhouse seven, eight hours a day going hard saying, hey, can you guys just sign this petition on change.org if you believe right. you know, this is an injustice? And of course, everybody believed it. Uh, I joined every cannabis room there was. Uh, and so it was really awesome to see the industry kind of rally around it. And so that's how everyone found out of who we are. I, I branded us really, really heavy back in those days. And I would probably say one of, you know, a short handful of single items that made us become national was Clubhouse, right? Because at the time, nobody was on uh, or no one was out. Everyone was online, right? And so it was just a perfect point in history um, of when this happened. And so you know, we, everyone ended up finding out who 40 Tons was through the clubhouse efforts. Um, and so all the other organizations and charities and everybody was working together, you know, all rallying behind this, you know, group of people that were in prison for life over weed. It wasn't just Corvain. It was also like Craig Cecil and Richard DeLisi. Um, Started to expand the focus after that. Yeah, Jimmy Romans and, you know, um, Randy Lanier and like, you know, all these people that were still locked up over the plant um, with these unjust sentences. And Corvain just happened to be my friend of 29 years. So okay. um, we went to high school together and started at, you know, Hollywood High and, um, you know, sold oh, our wow. first It goes way back there, huh? Oh, yeah, man. It's like we sold That's our awesome. first ate the weed at like, you know, at, in the early 2000s, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so back to the origin story, like we... L'Oreal and I knew that we wanted to, you know, make things happen. Um, and so we founded it. And, you know, I'm talking with Corvain all the time. And Corvain's on lockdown, you know, pretty much the last year of his sentence. He's on lockdown all the time where, you know, we would go months without talking. And then we would go every day talking for two, three weeks straight. And so... Uh, kind of cyclical there, going in, into the dark a little bit. Exactly. So, you know, you, you figure, you see how, um, you know, we, we're seeing what's going on. You know, there's a lot of rambling going on about everyone's trying to get to Donald Trump and release the prisoners and all the charities are saying they're doing their thing. And, um, you know, but you don't know, right? It's like, it's a needle in a haystack. It's hard. It's hard to decipher what's true there and what's, what's getting the uh, advertisement across or, you know, exactly. what sounds good. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, who, you know, how the heck do you get to the president of the United States? Right. Well, we did. Right. And we ended up securing his freedom. And on Corvain's last day of office, you know, he was granted a, or excuse me, on Trump's last day of office, Corvain was granted a presidential clemency. And so. Wow. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. So and we just built from there. Just you know, one step at a time. Yeah. What a, what an accomplishment actually, re actually reaching out, you know, as you started, you know, how easy is that? That's not a, that's not a small task. Right. Um, I, I imagine you learned a lot about networking and um, oh, yeah. some, some different departments of the government and, and who knows what along the way. All of it. And I got to meet the entire industry because the entire industry rallied behind it. And so that's where I met a lot of the people that I know and do business with today was from those days being on Clubhouse. Um, and so we got gotcha. to build this organic relationship with a lot of people. And, you know, there was some trial and error with different people doing business like the first group of people we worked with kind of did us dirty and um you know we had to like figure out what we were going to do moving forward um but you know we're still thankful for those people because at the end of the day they gave us an opportunity um and so we you know just kept 
leveling up and leveling up and leveling up. And we didn't want to just be this charity effort, right? A lot of people in the beginning, um, you know, they treated us like we were charity, like we were just a handout case, like, you know, like basically shut up and dribble kind of thing. You know what I mean? And we didn't want that. Like we wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to be our own business. Actually um, push some initiatives of your own, not necessarily uh, help redirect donations and things like that on the charity side. I mean, doing exactly. that as well, right? But having some right. say in it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We wanted our own say in it. We wanted to do things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with business, business is not always friendly. Right. And so uh, but nonetheless, we learned from those 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 interactions. We learned from the mistakes. We kept falling forward, especially with California cannabis. You know, when you're dealing with those types of supply chain issues. You know, you're always yes. have problems. Right. It's it's definitely bumpy in California. Is that where you guys focus the the efforts for the most part? Yeah. So that's where we're from. That's where we're born, raised Los Angeles. Right. So, gotcha. you know, most yeah. of the business we do is in California. So like learning how to like really navigate the legal cannabis industry was was tough. Right. You know, I have a 25 year background in entrepreneurship and building brands, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it equates to the cannabis industry. Still, there there are some connections there for sure, but cannabis has its its flavors and it's it's red tape as well, man, and everything that you can do and what you can't do. Exactly, and so that's uh, where we had to learn. And so you know, I spent the next three years, uh, which you know to this day, uh, really learning it and understanding it. And you know, I have a very good understanding of business. Um, it's just this legal compliant cannabis industry and California at that is a whole nother animal. It's just extra hoops on the business already, huh? Exactly. Taxation, yeah. overcompliance, uh, supply chain problems, you know what I'm saying? Just all these different efforts and issues and things that you have to do and put, put yourself as a business through that you needed to learn. And so we learned those things. And along the way, you know, we slipped and fell and we stumbled, you know what I mean? But it was always about getting back up and, you know, rebuilding relationships and, 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 and really just, you know, putting the work in and that kind of culminated at MJ biz. Yeah. That's awesome to see that, um, that final like kind of achievement or that finish line, right. Or next milestone for the company and, and having right. such a footprint. And I mean, so many people were there writing letters when I came past the mailbox was overflowing, uh, with letters nice. that were written to pr different prisoners. How many were on the list for, for the conference? Um, how many people attended the conference or how many, um, how many, how many different prisoners were available to write oh, gotcha. letters so, to? Yeah. So for that particular uh, one, we, 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 we technically unlimited. Like if you wanted to write your own prisoner that you had the address to, you could, but like we were advocating for a specific 10, 10. Right? Gotcha. And yeah. so there was those 10 prisoners that we physically have relationships that we know about, um, you know, cause I also hand drew them, right? Like I commissioned art um, to be made during the NFT era um, where we hand drew the cannabis prisoner. And so what we did was oh, we sweet. repurposed that artwork onto the postcard. So it was like, there was an artwork piece to it other than just like write a prisoner. Right. Cause not to say right. that that's boring, but like, you know, people, people just don't want to like take out a sheet of paper and write a letter. But like, if you give them a postcard and the postcard has art on it, like it, it just gives it that much more value to the person to want to do it. There's some connection there. There's some, some, uh, some visual appeal. Um, my wife and I send postcards all the time, and when we go places, always 
spinning those old racks like for 50 cent cards. So it, I do it I all the time. Definitely man. appreciate that. <laughs> you know, one of my things that I do, I've been doing this for 20 years, man. So I've been going in and out. I've been going in and out of prison for 20 years now. You know what I mean? I'm not proud of it, but you know, I've done three prison terms and you know, a few jail uh, stints. Um, and always over the plant, never been, you know, over anything. I see. Like it. Yeah. It's always been something related to the plant, whether it was the money side or the selling of weed side, but just nonviolent right. cannabis offenses. And so nonetheless, I met a lot of really good brothers while I was in jail and people that I would consider like really good, true homies, friends, sometimes even my brothers, you know, uh, and yeah, one of totally, that I man. do is I travel the world a lot. And so even going in and out of prison, like so between my first prison term to my second prison term and from my second prison term to third and third until now, I've gone overseas many times in between that. I send postcards to all my homeboys in jail. And it's like, it's a thing that I've been doing for 20 years. <laughs> That's because awesome. Yeah. Nobody's getting a postcard from, you know what I mean, Pakistan. You know what from I mean? From someone in, they met a while back. In prison, you, know? you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the prison isn't even getting any pa- pa- Pakistan postcards. You know what I mean? The whole, the whole system probably ain't. So, like, people... They like, remember like, that, right? It's meaningful. Folks. It's meaningful, right? And, like, yeah. that's my way of, like, giving love to the homies. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sh- I think that it does show, you know, hey, man, I, I know we may be far, right? Or we haven't talked in a minute, but I was thinking about you for a second, and I went somewhere cool, or, you know, I did X, Y, Z. It always has a good story behind it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> That's kind of where, you know, uh, you know, where, where I, I got the idea from. And so then I'm thinking like, okay, let's take it a step further and let's, yeah. you know, let's do, let's do something where, you know, the, the, um, the prisoners get some recognition, you know? And so that's why we, we designed it. And so everything that we do is about our mission. So, it's not like we just donate 10% of proceeds to something, right? Like everything that we do is all ingrained. And so some things have bigger margins, some things have less. Our packaging always says something to do with no one should be in prison for cannabis. Everything that we do is all in the name of, you know, the punishments don't fit the crimes and that nobody should be in prison for cannabis anymore, right? Yeah. And so that's right. what we built our, um, our whole business model on is like that social conscious capitalism kind of helping to advocate for like reduced sentencing, you know, restorative justice, right? Just ways to actually help these folks that have been affected by it, uh, you know, while the industry itself has become something we can call the industry, right? It's, it's unreal that um, so many companies are profiting and still people are kind of caught up in a, um, a chain of nonviolent offenses or, you know, sometimes even lifetime sentences with it. It's, it's hard to hear. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's 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 tough, man. But, um, um, you know, we, we just keep pushing forward, man, and continue to do what we're yeah. doing and work hard. You mentioned packaging partnerships. Is that um, are those partnerships that are displaying just the 40 tons that the advocacy and kind of joining in the fight with you? Yes. So a lot of the companies that we work awesome. with, with awesome. us, you know, like Custom Cones USA just did a really big thing for us. Hemper did a really big rolling trade thing for us. Um, we're going to be working with, um, uh, um, the guys that do the like custom, like birth J's, you know what I mean? They're called higher celebrations and we're going to do something called the justice J's, you know what I mean? Which is hey, pretty cool. Sweet. So like just working with all these different companies to do stuff like that, they believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really good way for some of the companies that are, 
you know, pushing the envelope and kind of on the cutting edge to contribute, um, you yeah. know, to work with an organization that's kind of got their feet on the ground in it too. And, you know, has those connections with folks that can be helped. Um, exactly. when, when is the next time then, um, like these 10 that 40 tons is working with, are they all maybe on the list to be pardoned as well? Here no, at the that, end of the- there's no guaranteed with that. Like, like, like I who see. knows, right? Like this is the, these things are up to the president of the United States. There's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is just kind of witness it and yell our help people. Say, hey, these guys are in, in jail for this. Please let them out. You know what I mean? And hopefully that it gets to the ear of the president and then it happens. You know what I mean? Um, there's no guarantee for any of this type of stuff. And that's, you know, that's the challenge, man. And that's what sucks, you know? Yeah, that's where the that's where the podcast comes in, then, right? Getting getting you on the stage and and getting you on the mic to to learn about the about the initiative for sure. Period. Exactly. What, you got it. What else is on the agenda for you here uh, next year with twenty twenty four around the corner? Oh man, we have a lot of great things. So I mean, I definitely want to try to definitely get back to all the big conferences: your Hall of Flowers, your Champs, your uh, Benzingas, your MJ and Packs. Uh, definitely coming back to MJ BizCon. Um, we have a career conference that we also do called the Level Up Career Conference, which is our own in-house oh, conference that we bring people out um, to get hired. And so think of like a miniature MJ BizCon, but instead of it being about sales and business development, it's about getting people hired. And so it's talent yeah. acquisition teams, HR teams. We do expungements. That's cool. We do education. We do speaking. We do resume writing, LinkedIn optimization, the whole nine yards. Oh, so actually helping them, helping folks kind of get into the space then and find their, find their own footing or exactly. find an entry level. Exactly. Because, you know, a lot of people can get out of jail, but it don't mean nothing if they go right back. So we got to figure out ways to make it so that they don't go back. Yes. Yeah. Show them the communities there, show them the options are there to, to do something that they're passionate about as well. And Exactly. Uh, if, if that was originally the reason they were they went in, that is, exactly. yeah, is that through is that through Right C, or is that um, also through Forty Tons, or I guess are those partner com- companies? Yeah, for you so Right C is a partnership. Um, so the owner of Right C, Brandon Mitchell, is also one of our partners in Forty Tons Careers, um, and so we have a whole cool. careers infrastructure um, to do what it is that we do. And Right C uh, is a software that helps power it. Oh, nice. I see. Help to, to manage everything and, and help mm-hmm. roll out, roll out the paths. Exactly. exactly. Awesome, man. Yeah. The, uh, de- the conferences are something else for the cannabis space. You mentioned some, some heavy hitters there with Hall of Flowers and Unpacked, Benzinga and Champs. Uh, will you guys be bringing the prison cell back around and, and exhibiting in those? Or? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it's all about budget, man. If they're willing to pay. That's a hard game. Out, that's the thing. You know, we had sponsors do this. Um, you know, we're a small little company. So, you know, to be able to have a space like what we had at MJ Biz or any of these big conferences, you know, that's 100K just for the space. And then to be able to activate the installations, another 25, 30, 40,000. So in order to do stuff like that, you need to be a pretty big company to be able to justify that kind of expense. 40 Tons is a small little company. So... What we do is we leverage that with our partners and then we sell sponsorships so that everyone can get a piece of it. And then we all pay the cost of it to work together to have a bigger impact. That's a good way to, that's a very good way to approach it, right? Yeah. You can get that footprint that really stops people in their tracks, literally so, um, while, while collaborating and building the network and community. Exactly. Exactly. I've definitely seen a lot more of that here as the industry's matured. A lot of folks kind of, um, 
helping support one another and looking at that, you know, that rising tide supporting all the all the boats, that kind of thing. That's exactly what it is. A rising tide floats all boats. And so yeah, it's, we're looking I think, for, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we're looking for partnerships. We're looking for you know, investors, we're looking for folks that believe in what it is that we're doing because we have a real viable brand that can be taken worldwide, right? We built this thing infrastructurally so that we're not just some fly-by-night thing. Like, you know, you're, you know, when you invest in 40 tons, you're investing in a 25-year entrepreneur. You're investing in a man that served 10 years on a life sentence behind the plant, right? You're investing into people that really understand growing, you know, a national and global brand. Right. And ready to go to the plate for it and and kind of speak up for what everyone knows is right. Right. It's just yeah. budget, you know? Yes. That's the, uh, that is the limiting factor for many things, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The, the name of the game there. Um, you mentioned uh, this, uh, the career of business that you've had in the past. I imagine that's helped learn, you've helped to learn some lessons there around budget or around allocation and things like that. Are there other difficulties from like entrepreneurship that, um, has have been helped by your past, by your career? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Everything that I learned, you know what I mean? You know, I look at everything as a lesson, right? So, like, even if you fail, you're still learning, right? And so part of the entrepreneurial process is learning what not to do, let alone That's the what wisdom to do. from failure, huh? <laughs> it's the wisdom from failure, right? And so the key to entrepreneurship is just dusting yourself off and getting back up, right? The key to anything is, like, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about when you get hit and you go down, can you get back up again and keep pushing forward? And so entrepreneurship will do that to you. It's about learning. It's about investing into yourself. It's about in- investing into like your knowledge, your education. Like I'm a constant learner. You know, if I could go back to college again, I would. You know, I went back to college That's after awesome. my second prison term. After I did two prison terms, I went to college and got my bachelor's. I got indicted during my bachelor's degree on this 40 ton stuff Uh, I ended up finishing my degree and then I turned myself in the very next day after I graduated and had to go to jail then I got out and then I went back and got my master's so like I'm still learning that draw (laughs) jail doesn't stop me you know what I mean like jail just is a is a speed bump but like it doesn't mean I'm gonna stop learning yeah, it doesn't sap that motivation. I think that's something from entrepreneur, like from the entrepreneurial perspective, and especially like solopreneurs and like small teams and doing startups. Staying motivated is is definitely a challenge. It always seems like there's something else to do or another hat to wear. Do you have any tips or advice for kind of continuing that grind or like kind of staying motivated or staying passionate about what you've already decided to do? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you have to have love for what it is that you're doing right and the moment that it becomes something that you don't enjoy is going to be a problem right and so you then start to settle and then you start to deal with things like well i have to get paid and that's why i'm doing it but if you love what you do then you're always going to be able to be happy about it no matter what level you're getting paid at right because you see the future so i would just say you know a tip is you know have perseverance develop your grit develop your determination because these are things that are going to keep you going when when things get rough right when you do have those days or those moments where it's like man what am i doing or i really have to wake up at what time tomorrow exactly (laughs) i mean i know all that stuff's real dude you know we all none of us are perfect we all go through you know we all are going through the struggle um so it's just a matter of you know 
do you have the determination to keep going? Totally. Yeah. And it sounds like you've been um, determined to go many places looking at your recent posts that you've been traveling the world, man. BizCon was just a small stop on your uh, yeah like, on your journey. It looks like half the globe in the last month or something. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, man. So I did Pakistan, you know, for two weeks right before BizCon. And then a couple days later, wow. we ended up yeah. going to Vegas for BizCon. And then I flew straight from BizCon to London. Um, and then after London, I flew straight from London to Washington, D.C. And then from Washington, D.C., I flew back to L.A. and then L.A. to San Diego. And so all of it That's is a multi- journey. It's been business, just working different angles, working with Wrightsy, working with 40 Tons um, to really just help build these brands. And what was what was going on with the um, Pakistan and London projects there? Uh, so Pakistan was actually uh, a friend of ours got married. Um, so one oh, of our, very cool. One of our... Um, Founders at Wrightsy, the chief technology officer, he got married at, um, he's from Pakistan. So he got married in Pakistan. And so we, um, we went out there just to, you know, show love. And I was like, I'm not going to Pakistan for three days and travel that far just to not see it. So we went everywhere, man. I went everywhere, man. I went to where Osama bin Laden was captured within like 200 feet. I went Quite the, yeah. quite the journey, huh? Would you oh, recommend yeah. traveling and, and sightseeing there? Oh, hell yeah. Dude, Pakistan is one it. of the most beautiful places in terms of people that there is, man. All that stuff that they tell us about, you know, they're, they're terrorists or they're this, man. That's all bullshit, man. The people that are in Pakistan will, would die for you, man. In fact, they would die for their enemies. Meaning, if you were their enemy, like their sworn enemy, but you walked into their house you now are what is considered their guest. So when you fall under hmm. the guest umbrella, they will do anything for you. There's a kindness there. Oh uh, my goodness, it was incredible. That's awesome. The amount of love that you would, I got from people, man. I would get lost in the streets of Pakistan and people would like pull over on their motorcycles because everything's on bikes and they would offer to take me places and they did. Like, like I mean, it was really, really a beautiful country and like I... I I got opened up to that lifestyle and like these people are just, I mean, there's some of the best people I've ever met in the world. Yes. Yeah. And some uh, prolific cannabis cultivators there in Pakistan as well. I'm sure there is, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they end up got, you know, they got the, um, the hash and all that in that area, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. With, with the mountains and things like that, there's some, some great land race things and rotoralis kinds of strains growing I'm out sure there. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I didn't, I wasn't out there for that, but but um, I'm sure there is. And then London, I was out there for uh, Wrightsy, which was a conference we went to. Um, and so nice. I, I was there helping with the with the conference on that. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a journey, man. And, um, if you if you were to look back or to, to come and, and you know tell yourself what you're doing now, you know when you were like 10, 11 years old, you know, what would you what would you be thinking about it? Man, I would not be thinking this, man. Like this. <laughs> got grown out of like a sense of like at 10 years old I didn't know I was going to go to jail I didn't know I was going to be hustling in the streets I didn't know I was going to do these types of things you know and so I never would have thought that that this is where my life would end up being but it's like I'm just thankful for you know where I'm at you know the things that I went through for the experience and, yeah yeah you know and so like I can now take the lessons that I've learned and pay it forward to the world you know yeah, no, that's awesome. I, yeah, sometimes I always think I always think about that. What I would have thought if I 
explained what I was doing in the cannabis industry, you know, to myself when I was younger. And just like, I don't know if I would have believed it. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, so that's what it is, man. You know, life turns, uh, turns pages and has you go in different directions you don't even realize, you know. And so it's just a matter of taking the good with the bad and, you know, working yourself um, into a position of where, you know, you're happy, you know. So I'm blessed to be where I'm at. I've got a long way to go. I've got a lot of work to do, but, you know, I'm here. And I appreciate people like you and Apartment 113 for giving me the platform to, to share my story. Hey, definitely, Anthony. Yeah, it's been it's been good to chat here and, and, and talk shop, man. Um, where, where can listeners find out more about 40 Tons brand and, and even sign up to be an ambassador or a partner? Absolutely. So um, the main website is 40tons.co. That's 40tons.co. Um, in the footer, there's a brand ambassador link that you can click on. Um, and then you can follow us on all of our channels, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and it's all 40TONS brand. Um, and so that's where you can find us is 40TONS brand or 40 tons careers. That's 40TONS careers, C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Um, and you know, we'll respond to you. We'll get back to you. Um, let's have a conversation. Let's figure out how to bring you on. If you're in a brand ambassador in your state, let's also figure out if you're a supply chain partner and how you could bring our brand to your, uh, your state. Love and respect. Thank you, brother. information about the show along with our services and courses visit apt113.com we offer cannabis software product management cannabis education courses and freelance writing with over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry apartment 113 is here to help